Hey, welcome Summit Church to our uh, bi-weekly Bible study. We are so glad to be doing this together. And I hope many of you are enjoying this and really getting into it as well. I know we are here and we're just trying to take the word of God and dig into it and and then, uh, you know, let let everybody kind of join us. And so we're going to take the next few minutes and just discuss uh, what it, we're going through the book of First Peter. And we're still in chapter one today. Um, and we're going to look at verse six and seven today. And so if you want to join us, we're, we're so glad. You know, we believe the word of God is so important, especially in today's culture. We believe that it's, it is a powerful uh, tool uh, in all of our hands and that, you know, the Bible tells us that we need to be renewed day by day. Uh, and the way we are renewed is by the word of God. Uh, the Apostle Paul taught very clearly that our minds are renewed by when we grow and develop in God's word. And so we just want to grow and develop in God's word. That's what we're trying to do here. And that's what we want you to join us in doing. So I hope you have a good time. Listen, remember, if you want to comment or you have questions that you'd like for us to uh, communicate to the next Bible study, feel free to send that to connect at yoursummitchurch.com. And those questions will get to us. That's connect at yoursummitchurch.com. And those questions get to us in the next Bible study. We'll, we'll talk about those as well. So thanks for joining us today. And let's get right into the word. Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. If you're looking for a church home, we want to invite you and your family to be a part with us every Sunday at 1030 a.m. For more information about Summit Church, you can visit yoursummitchurch.com. We believe that God wants to speak to you and we pray that your life is encouraged and inspired through today's message. Good morning, gentlemen. How you doing? Doing good. Good, blessed, and highly favored. <laughs> You're such a goober sometimes. Hey, I'm no, a goober for Jesus. I'm a goober for Jesus, man. So, uh, you know, we're going through this season right now of our vision for uh, our vision for Summit Church this year, or the theme that we're taking is spread the joy, hashtag spread the joy. We're getting so many great testimonies. And I like one of the things that's happening as a result is people are starting to think in more intentionally about finding ways to spread the joy. Uh, that's why we're doing it as a campaign and we're making it um, a visible thing. You know, I, I really believe it's good. Uh, and many times this happens is that we do good things for people and no one ever knows we do it. And I think that's good. But but what, why we're doing it this way is because we're not just trying to do good to people. That's one thing. That's one component of the Spread the Joy campaign. The other component is we're trying to show people at large that there are good things going on, that everything's not negative and everybody's not defeated. And, and we can still be Christians in every context. And that has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about today. I think sometimes we need to show, not just say, what peace is and what joy is and what love is. And, and you know, the truth is, um, you know, peace is not the absence of negative circumstances. Peace, peace is not the absence of a tumultuous life. Peace is that idea that in the middle of the storm, you're in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. So peace is being in the presence of God, not being absent of storms. And I think a lot of times in the way we view life, I think we even view God that way sometimes. Like we say, God is good. I was thinking about this this morning before I came into the office, the, the idea that God is, God is good. And to a lot of people, what that's come to mean because of, because of humanism, because yeah. we've allowed ourselves to become the center of, Sure. In America, even of the gospel, you know, yeah. we sometimes we don't even view Jesus as the center of a gospel. We're we're the center right. of the gospel, and so when we say things like God is good, a lot of times people are interpreting that to mean God does everything I want Him to do, or God is good because He does good things for me. Right. And we don't understand God is good because He's good, he and everything He does is good because He's good. It's not because it's just good to us or because what we want it's because it's his nature to be good. good. And so I think we have to be careful in our life that we get in the middle of circumstances and we go, well, is God not good because this bad thing is happening to me? I think it shows and reveals that we don't understand the big picture or the <laughs> overall context of sin and death and hell in the world. Yeah. 
and what God is doing. I mean, I read a scripture that said that that the enemy, the 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 Satan, Lucifer, little G, is running the earth. You know, his the Bible said our 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 weapons are not uh, the world carnal, but yeah. they're mighty through God. That's right. That we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, That's but against right. spiritual weakness and the rulers principalities of the darkness of this age. So when we see ugly, negative, immoral things happening in the world, it's a direct reflection of a spiritual world that exists uh, that we don't see. And our wrestling match is with them, not with the manifestation of that in people, but with them. And we have the authority to fight that battle because the Bible says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And then he released that to us. So that really is a big part of what we're going to talk about today when we read 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 and 7. So I'm just going to read it out of the NIV here and then we can just start the discussion. Uh, But I just want to encourage everybody who's a part of the Spread the Joy campaign that it's not just about doing good things. It's about doing good things in the name of Jesus. That's right. It's about sharing with people, not just doing something good for them, but sharing the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus. Because when we say spread the joy, what we're basically saying is Jesus is our joy. Yeah, And so we're spreading the gospel. That's what we're spreading. So whether it's by doing something nice for someone, whether it's by praying for someone, whether it's by encouraging someone, we want to lift our city to look up to the hope and the grace and the love and the joy and the peace and the holiness and the righteousness that is found in Christ. Yeah, it's good. And so let's read it. First Peter chapter 1. Verse six and seven. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith uh, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now we're not going to go into verse eight yet, but man, that those two scriptures right there packed with some serious theology, a lot of amazing things in those two scriptures. So I've got a lot of thoughts about it, but I want to, I want you guys to kick the conversation off. What are your thoughts about this? These two scriptures first. So I'm just reading it. There's, there's, uh-huh. It's a okay. lot yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think. Um, I think it's important that we recognize that uh, Peter is kind of reiterating some of the things that Jesus said. Yeah. Um, that we would be persecuted. That they hated him to an extent. They're going to hate us as well. Right. And so, uh, and not to like shy away from that, but to take joy in that because it's producing the genuineness of our faith. And so um, I love the analogy that my Bible here has in the footnotes here, but you know, fire, when something's refined, you're able to skim the impurities off the top Mm. when something is put into the fire. And so, um, you know, it's so easy to get maybe into times like this. And in the Western world, we really don't encounter it as much. Um, But when it does happen uh, in rarity, just to take joy in it because God's mm-hmm. refining us. Right. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. If it's not happening, you should probably be more worried mm. than if it is. So. Yeah. And we'll come back to, to, to that, uh, to, to the bottom part of what you just said there in just a moment, because he, he's not just talking about persecution here. He's talking about all trials and yes. hardships yes. and difficulties you go through. Various. But yeah. let's go, let's go back to one thing you said as Christians, I think it's something we need to discuss in the world today. Um, you know, Jesus did say, he literally said those words, they hated me, that they'll hate you. Uh-huh. You know, if they hate the Father, they'll hate the Son. Um, as Christians in the world today, how, how do we need to, how do we need to operate and function in the context of living in the world, but being citizens of heaven? Um, I fear, I don't fear, I'm concerned that a lot of us in Christianity, um, it's it, sometimes we act like like Christians. We're some kind of subset 
and we're trying to be in the popular crowd. And, you know, Jesus speaks to the idea of this. Like, don't, this is not about you being accepted or approved or, or loved by the world. Because they're not going to love you. You're going to say things. You're going to live in a way that's diametrically opposed. And so my fear, Mm -hmm. it was with a lot of Christians, we have given up some true, valuable behaviors and ideologies and visions and theologies Uh to so that the world would look at us as a part of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like acceptance in the world sure. has become to a lot of believers more important than acceptance yeah. in Christ or in yeah. the body of Christ. Speak to that for a minute from both of your perspectives. Do you see this happening? Do we know why it's happening? What do we do to turn the tide on that yeah. for believers? Uh, as you were talking and you said you went to citizens of the world, citizens of heaven. Mm-hmm. It kind of <clears throat> caused me to think of uh, when we, we've traveled some overseas. Yeah. And so when we go to somewhere, like I, I remember the first time we went to Africa. Yeah. And uh, I remember Pastor David was letting us know, like, hey, you can't take pictures of any of the government buildings and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And there were things there that were different. Yes. That we just didn't know, we just didn't know because we weren't from there. And so as we're, you know, when you become 15, 16, 17, 18 years old in America, we don't, we don't have to, it's not, it's not even second thought to the laws. It's not even second thought to our rights. Yeah. We, yeah, we learned about some of those in school and stuff, but it's just, it was the, the way we were brought up. Right. We just know yeah. kind of the laws around us. Mm-hmm. We know the things around us. Yeah. We're indoctrinated into the culture of America right. and the freedoms that that, that represents. Right. And so as you were saying that, I was thinking about, you know, the only way to act like a citizen of heaven yeah. is to be indoctrinated into the, the rules, culture the laws, the yeah. culture of heavenly thinking. Yes. And, and I think, obviously, like, you know, as society has grown, I mean, unfortunately, technologically, mm. the, the uh, distractions and the things that would pull our attention away from heavenly kingdom thinking mm-hmm. has become greater and greater. Yeah. Right. So I I mean that's just, I feel like that's probably one thing that has been a cause of this that right. the distractions not that there hasn't always been distractions. We've yeah. seen it throughout the whole word of God. Right. But they're so much more accessible. Prevalent, yeah. And prevalent, yeah, to pull us away from kingdom thinking. Mm-hmm. Other things that take our attention away. And so we and and even with uh you know there was a for I, I don't know, I can't tell you the, how many years ago, but there was a time where, honestly, even if you weren't like a, a solid Christian, or maybe mm-hmm. not even Christian, it was still a standard for you to go to church. Yes. We talked about this the other night. It was your, yeah. it was your social, yeah. El, yeah. The, the biggest sure. social element of your life. Yeah. So not that that's all it is about kingdom thinking, but it was one component of it. Yes. Uh, then uh, obviously with your own spiritual disciplines, right. yeah. you know, there is, there's no way to draw closer to Jesus without spending time with Jesus. Right. right. We're saved by grace, thank God, but yeah. the only way we grow in him and with him and proximity. know him yeah. is proximity. It is yeah. the only way. And I think there's so many things well, you know, for our Well, you know, our culture has changed a lot. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the problems we have is we see our Christianity through our culture yeah. instead of our culture That's through right. our Christianity. That's yep. right. You know, a lot of people will say, well, I've got to bring my my culture. Uh, everybody's got to appreciate my culture. But here's how. Here's the way I, I, I view it as believers. We all have a culture that we come from. Maybe it has to do with our ethnicity. Maybe it has to do with our socioeconomic background. Maybe it has to do with the way we were raised or, or whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah. I see it this way. We should all appreciate that about one another. However... As a believer, our whole responsibility is to bring that culture and lay it at the feet of the cross. That's right. And pick up the cross yeah. of Christianity. Pick up the culture of heavenly thinking, as you say. Um, you know, the Bible deals with this. It, it, you know, the Bible says you're blessed that if your mind is stayed on him. Uh, how much does... 
Peter say in 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 this epistle, remain in Christ. Sure. Yes, yes. Uh, continue in Him. Yeah. There's this idea of staying focused, putting your eyes, your focus on. You know what? What did the Apostle Paul say? Think on things above, not That's on true. things beneath. Mm. We spend so much time with our mind on earthly things, yeah. yeah, and so little time with our mind on heavenly things. And you, you made the point about you know it was it was church it was it was it was American culture at one point yes. to be in church two or three times a week. That's it wasn't right. just church culture. That was America. Yes. It was yes. And, and that speaks to the founding of America and the way that America and the reasons that America was founded. Now, people have tried to revise that and change that. And there are all different aspects and ways to look at that. But that's the truth. I mean, the truth is, let's think about it for a minute. There were, uh, you know, there were times in our country where there were blue laws. You know what blue laws are? Laws that meant you can't be open on Sunday. Yeah. Like you had to That's honor good. the Lord's day. That was a part of our culture at one point. Yeah. Uh, it, you, the reason, do you know the reason that public education was started? The, yeah. the founding of public education was for the purpose of kids Bib- to learn how to teaching. read the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's, that's different than now. It, yeah. <laughs> And I know that a lot of people from a secular perspective would say, well, that's, that's one-sided and that's just for Christians and blah, blah, blah. I get that. And, and I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to start a, a, a fight or an argument. I'm just saying, let's talk about the facts and where we've come as a culture. But what has happened, I believe, is that in our, in the gradual changing of our culture to be a more secular God, by, by secular, I mean godless culture um it's almost as if the church to a degree has bought into the change in our culture and now we feel like we're standing on the outside and we just ought to just stand here and be quiet and and i'm not i'm not talking political things i'm talking about that we should just be seen and not heard and we should just kind of stay out of everybody's way and or you have the christian that takes the whole different perspective and is and is brash and Hateful, in right? everybody's yeah. way and full of all kinds of opinions and blah 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 and they think that we're going to get America back to the place it was by doing that which yeah. is so it doesn't even make sense yeah uh, and I do understand the Christian though that is scared and afraid and going what has happened to our nation that I mean we just passed a law gleefully that uh, I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh, I don't want to say the state because it has slipped my yeah. mind, and I don't want to lie. But they just they just try trying to pass a bill, and one state has already passed it that you can abort a child up to its day of birth. Well, there's no other way to look at that except that's murder. I mean, exactly. I don't care if you exactly. I don't care if you believe in abortion or not. Yeah, or yeah, when a yeah. life begins and all that. That's yeah, obvious. Yeah. There's yes. no there's no argument there. No, because the, the, the uh, argument yeah. is you're making a choice based on convenience. You've let this baby come to fruition and now you're going to kill it. It's it it that even when even when this whole idea of abortion and all of that started, even the people who were for it, they would say things like this, and I'm old enough to say this because yeah. I was around when yeah. it happened. But they would say things like, you know, no one really wants abortion to happen. But if someone's in a situation that is negative, we want them to be able to have that choice. Okay. That was the that was the yeah. severe argument of the pro-abortion movement back in the 70s or, you know, yeah. 60s and 70s. Now it's shout your abortion. I'm not trying to do a whole Bible study on abortion. I'm just trying to give some context to this the the idea that we're talking about. So now, shout your abortion. Be proud yes. of your abortion. Let's 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 let a baby. If you, as a woman, decide that you don't want this child up to the end of the nine months of this baby in gestation, you can kill it. Yeah. At that point, you can abort it. That's that's in the face of the argument of this baby is fully formed. Yes, at twenty one weeks. 
might I say, or even less than that yes. now with all this 4D stuff. They're looking at babies in their heartbeat so oh, fast. Yeah, uh, and it's already alive. And you know, our yeah. our belief, and it, and it's obvious that our belief is life starts at conception. That's yes. right. And if people want to argue that abortion is right and okay, then why do you have to dress it up? You know, why do you have to call it women's health? Or this bill is called the reproduction bill. Now think about that. If that's not, if that's not literally following the rules of deception that say, if you repeat a lie long enough, it becomes the truth. You're calling Abortion, the the taking of a baby in the womb, reproductive health. Yeah, calling health. things that are not as if they are. Yes, yeah. reproductive health. Yeah. So I don't want to get it's on It's the devil, a, man. Yeah, it, it is the devil. devil but, it, but it's more than that. So my point being, here's my point. It being, is the devil. Like yeah, it, is, it yeah. is the devil. But my point being, my point being for us is, this is the way our culture's gone. It's obvious that it's moving in a in a more wicked, yeah, but how it's immoral way, over, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's just over time has just changed. My concern is that we, as the church believers, now are starting to allow the effect of that change to make us feel I don't know, like we're out of pocket, and we're uh, and 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 we're out of sorts and we should just be, you know, just whatever. And then at the same time, feeling like we want to be accepted. We want to be popular. We want to be a part of, you know, the trend. And the problem with that as a believer is it forces compromise. It's ugly. Yeah. It's ugly. Yeah. And, uh, the, the first that comes to mind for me where I think, a lot of us rationalize it is, you know, you hear Paul talked about to the Jew, I became a Jew, to the Greek, yeah. I became a yeah. Greek. And I could see pastors saying, well, I'm just trying to stay relevant. You know, I'm just trying yeah. to stay a voice that people listen to in our attempt to do all of this, quote unquote, good. We're sacrificing values that we're supposed to live by. Right. And uh, just because this book is old doesn't mean it's not relevant. Right. And I think in the in the age we're in now, things are changing every day. Right. And leaders, it's so easy to get caught in the trap of, man, I've got to stay relevant. I've got to stay trendy. What are people saying? And we sacrifice what the Bible is saying there's because a, I want to be like the world. There's a huge difference between trend and relevance. And we've gotten a mix. And relevance up. now doesn't mean what it used to mean. Right. Relevance is our interpretation of it is modernity. In other words, what's modern? That's right. relevant. And that's not what relevant relevance is. Answering the questions, questions that are, are being, being asked. asked. Right. And so what are people, what, what are the real needs that people have? What are they really seeking for? And what I, what, what burdens me is that believers right now, we have a perfect, this is a perfect time for the church of Jesus Christ, for us to be being that answer, being that solution, sure. being that love, that grace, that, that truth that can speak to all of these issues that people are going with and dealing with. And we can do it in such a way that it pricks the heart and it touches the heart. But if we're so busy trying to be like them, there's a guy, and I've probably said this before, but there's a guy named Winky Pratt and he's a discipleship guru. And he said one statement, I read a book of his and I'll just be honest. It was a good book. It wasn't my favorite book, but it was a good book. It was, it was a necessary book. But one statement in that book stood out to me. It was, I, I, can, I, can, I see the page in my mind that it was underlined on. And here's what it said. It said, you cannot change the world by conforming to That's it. it. That's it. That's it. If we want to change the world, if we want to bring impact to the world, and you know, this generation wants that more than any other generation. We want to change the world. We what want does the world, that mean? Yeah, yeah, what does it mean? We want the world to be better in terms of what we think is better. Sure. But, right. but if we can, if we can, help them to understand that the true change in the world will come through true heart change in mankind. And that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Then they could stand for that cause. They could be a part of making a change. Yeah. Right. Um, but you cannot be like something and see, see it change because Mm. why would, why would the world look at us and go, uh, we need to change and be like them when we look, just like this is why I think it's important for the church to get back to that place of victorious thinking. 
mm-hmm. in our face. Yeah. Oh, Instead absolutely. of this, oh, I've always got to be sure. beaten down by sin. Oh, I've always got to right. be overwhelmed by sin. We all know that we have the propensity to sin. We also know that we can be forgiven of it. And we also know that we can be delivered of it. So why are we... Why are we trying to find reasons to wallow in sin instead of being that victorious Christian that says, yeah, I mess up sometime, but I'm just going to keep moving forward in God and become more and more like him. And because then if I'm a person in the world, I look at that and I go, I don't know what's happening in their life, yeah. but I want some of that because it seems different. But but if they're just like me, yes, why, why do I need to change? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You can't change it if you're just like it. So how do we overcome this though? How do we get how do we get Christians to begin to think again about being conformed in, into the image of Christ, letting go of things that are holding them back, uh standing apart from the crowd, standing apart. Like we act so shocked sometimes that we are not in line. With the world. Yeah. It's like, we of read, course we're not. We redefine, <laughs> we redefine so many things and give them false definitions that we're so, we don't even know what's up from down. Yeah. Half the time. Yeah. People get confused. Oh my them. gosh. I mean, it's like, like if you ask somebody today, let's a Christian, what does it mean to live a holy lifestyle to you? Yeah. And how's that portrayed in your life? I think many of them will be like, I don't want to be that guy because that guy is like judgmental. He's rude. And that's not even the definition of of what holiness is. And that that is pleasing to God. But the Bible says no man shall see God Uh, without holiness. (laughs) Right. And we read the Holiness must be important. Yes, it's very important. And I think we redefine so many things. We have our own, uh, especially the generation that is growing up that I was raised in. We don't know up from down most most of the time. And we've been fed. Like I heard Leonard Ravenhill say this quote one time. Uh, he was talking about doing missions work uh, over in Africa. And he talked about how when a kid doesn't eat for so long, his throat will close up. It's not used mm-hmm. to having food. And when you try to feed them, their, their throat literally pushes it out. Yeah. And uh, your body be, will reject food. When will you reject it. it for, yeah. And uh, he talks about, you know, I think spiritually that's what's happening that yeah. we've been so inept for so long that by the time we're feeding people, yeah. it's just coming up. It right. doesn't even well, take. Let, let's look at that from a that's spiritual perspective. Exactly. That That's why we're starting the school of the Bible, uh, you know, Sunday school for all intents and purposes. That's why we're going back to that. I hope that everybody in our church goes, I'm, I'm doing I this. Know it. And here's why, because, that's that's the food that we eat. That's yes. what it. That's what gives us strength. That's what causes us to be able to be that person who is different than the world. Right. Not legalistic. Right. You know, people right. ran from legalism a long time ago and said, "Well, we're being harsh. We're being judgmental. We're being you know, it's got to be this and making up a bunch of rules that had nothing to do with the Bible. Just just rules because we're being holy." That, that wasn't holiness. It's not holiness. Holiness just means to be set apart and made like God. Yes. That's all it means. It means to be purified, to be sanctified, to be cleansed uh, and for the use yes. of the kingdom of God. So we've kind of lost this whole use for the kingdom. We kind of live our Christianity like this. God, I'm going to live my life. Come and bless it. I'm a Christian, so I live my life. You come and bless it. Instead of this idea of God, use my life yes. for kingdom purpose. Well, I, I used to do this illustration. Here's what holiness is. Here's what, here's what being purified or sanctified is. You have a whole cabinet full of sanctified things at your house. They're called glasses. You set them apart after running water and soap over them to clean them out so you can put them in the, this. It's set apart so that when you need a drink, you go get that out of the cabinet. You go get your drink. You drink out of that glass. That glass is usable mm-hmm. because it's been cleaned. It's good. Now, if I I love chocolate milk. I don't know if y'all love chocolate milk, but I love chocolate I love milk. And, chocolate and, milk. And it can't just be some chocolate syrup or some chocolate yep. milk. It's got to be Nestle Quick powder. Yes, it does. And it's got to be a lot of it. I agree. In the milk. And you stir it all up. That's oh, great. But that thing leaves a mess yep. in your glass. When you're done drinking, it's just caked with chocolate stuff. So 
So, which some might say would be tempting to get a spoon and go in there after, but I wouldn't advise that. But what if instead of putting that thing in the dishwasher, I just put it back up in the cabinet? Somebody goes to the cabinet, opens that up, and looks at that glass. They're not, that's not going to be the glass that they grab to go get some water and that's drink right. out of. Now, does that mean that that glass has no value? No. Does that mean that that glass isn't uh, still a glass? No. But what it means is it can't be used that's right. like it could be used sure. if it was washed and clean. That's good. So I think a lot of times we don't we don't realize that that's the whole purpose of holiness. Mm-hmm. Number, number one, holiness is to be made like God. That born-again experience, we're regenerated. Yeah. We're, then, then we go through a process of sanctification, which means to be made like God. This is why I'm talking about we have victory mm-hmm. in Jesus. We don't have to be defeated all yeah. the time by sin. We don't have to be uh, uh, constantly overwhelmed by sin because God is in this process of so changing good. us. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean we're perfect immediately. Our spirit man comes alive and is regenerated and wants to do what's right. Our soul then, mind, will, and emotions fight against that, and they have to of be course. renewed by the word. Yes. So good. Renewing of your mind. Right, right. sanctified. In other words, God is constantly setting us aside. Every day. Constantly setting us apart. Constantly putting us in the dishwasher. I mean, dishes are the perfect analogy, too, because, I mean, you got to wash them every day when you use them. Right. And it sucks. This I hate washing dishes. Yes, this isn't a this isn't a one time thing. No, it's no, a daily. It's, thing. it's a daily growing, a daily being cleansed, a daily getting you know being able to be used by God. Yeah. And the more we and 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 let, let's just be honest, man. We need to stop struggling with that and go full into that. Stop so worrying good. about legalism and all that. Look, we we've we've forgotten what legalism is. We're so far away from legalism. You know what I mean? No doubt. We ain't Pharisees anymore. We ain't. You know, there are some people that may still operate like that. But come on, let's just be honest. Most people, we've forgotten that I'm here to be used by God for the purpose of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So how do I do that? Well, I think there's only one way. It's what we talked about this weekend: commitment. Total. I'm in a hundred percent committed to the cause of Jesus Christ and what he wants to do with my life. And everything else in my life is affected by that. And if that is the way I'm living my life, then I'm not going to allow distractions to get in the way. I'm not going to allow temptation to get in the way. I'm not going to allow. Now, all those things are still going to happen. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I'm God is the center. He's the uttermost for me. I'm not going to be moved away from that. So Again, how do we get people to see the victory in that and the fun in that and the excitement in that as opposed to feeling like we need to be, because let's just be honest, when it comes down to spiritual growth and spiritual things, it really does come down to the set of people you have around you and what compromises you're willing to make to be accepted in that group of people. Or are you willing to say, I may, I may lose some relationships Mm-hmm. I may not be liked by everybody, not because I'm brash and bold, just because I don't think like everybody else does. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. because I don't allow my kids to do what everybody yeah. else's kids do. That's good. Because I'm making decisions for the betterment of my family as it pertains to our Christianity, not just trying to get along to go along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do we get people to grab a hold of that? Yeah. Well, I think, too, it's important to remember it's not just a matter of our will. Yeah. We're not strong enough in ourselves. Mm-mm. That's right. I mean, all we have to do is look through the Bible at the, the people that are these <laughs> yeah. powerful followers yeah. of God and followers and, of Christ that still fail. Nope. And I think we get that way sometimes. You know, it's even easy for me to say, well, just don't, don't do that. Yeah. Just don't do that. Yeah. You know, Make I'm a, a real black and white person. Yeah. And so, like, I'm like, but that's not enough. If we're right. our flesh, I mean, are we that naive to think we're better and stronger just in our own strength we, than the people we see throughout all history. Paul. Yes. Yeah. Who said, we, I die daily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it literally, it, if we want to have, if our will needs to be strong, our will needs to be strong to, to do the things to get closer to Jesus. Right. You know, and I think... Uh, so I we do, need the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy he's in our he's our power, he's our counselor, constantly, you know, counselor, obviously, politi- I mean, a lawyer term, 
Yeah. He's continually reminding us of who Christ is. Yes. Continually reminding right. us of the power that he has. Continually yeah. reminding us of that. And so, so good. we and cannot pointing, do it without him. Right. And then pointing people. See, that's what I'm saying. The victory that we have yeah. in Christ to, to overcome sin in our life on a daily basis is not in us. It's right. so good. in ourselves. It's in us because the Holy Spirit is in right, us. Right, yes. right. And it's in this. Yeah. It's in the Word of God Man, it's and so the good. power of the Spirit I mean, of it God. Is, it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, you look at the final words of Jesus before he's gone. Yeah. He's like, it's better that I leave and that the Holy Spirit yeah. come because um, I just remember this from school ministry because uh, I did a study on the Holy Spirit. And I try to remind myself of it because when you read the Word, you're not just reading it on a knowledge or intellectual basis the Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance yeah. the things you read to help you follow Jesus more closely. Yeah. So if you're dealing with lust, the the word will remind you, I've hidden his word in my yes. heart that I may not sin against thee. All these things just come back. Even as we talk about it all the time, there's there are scriptures that I haven't read in a long time that the Holy Spirit will just pop right back up. I'm like, oh man, I need to go read that. The Bible is very clear that this is not just information or education. It's a lie. Inspiration. Yeah, it's a lie. It's, it's God breathed. Yes, yeah, so it is. I'm not reading this book like it's a self help book. So I'm gonna, good. All right, I'm going to take the print. This principle says this, so I'm just going to act like that. No, you take this in prayerfully so good and yeah. it transforms you that's right from the inside and it takes some time and it takes god's spirit moving so good and it does take discipline no we can't will ourselves into uh we can't will ourselves into being better we can grow ourselves into being better and the way we grow yeah. is to be disciplined in the things so of good. god so what so what are the spiritual disciplines like yeah. prayer and fasting yes. and study of the word and 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 being alone with god being in the community being in the community of the church right being in the community of the church Worship. Yeah. all Worship. of these are disciplines that yeah. we practice that transform our lives from the inside out the whole problem with legalism in the beginning of the church the sadducees and pharisees they were trying to live religion from the outside in. Well, they added yeah. all these things yeah. too, like you said, right. it is now. Right, yeah. and 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 we and we do that if we're not careful. Yeah. But God can change us from the inside. Th th that is why I'm saying Christianity is about change. Mm -hmm. Yes, I yes, love the is. fact that God loves us exactly how I love it. I love my thank God. Look, I would never be. I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Not just if God didn't love me for who I was when I was totally a sinner, mm -hmm. but the fact that He loves me now with yes. some of my hang-ups and, and stupid thinking Same. and yep. whatever. I, I'm glad that he loves him, but God loves you too much to leave yes, you he does. how you were. So this process is a continue. Yeah. Listen, if the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, said, I every day I have to deal with my flesh. Mm -hmm. I have to put my flesh down every right. day. The carnality, the world in me, the sin in me, the, the nature of the, the world in me, if I have to put that down every day, like I'm identifying with Jesus being crucified on the cross, so I'm dead with him, and then I'm alive in his resurrection. That's exactly what he says here, Peter says. So if he had to do that, yes, I have to do yeah, that. I yeah. do, yep. You know, I was thinking when you were talking about the power of the word, uh, and it's that was really just eye-opening and, and a good reminder of like... Uh, yeah, I'm just going to look at this one thing. Okay, now this is the very thing I'm going to do. But opposed to how the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with the Word. You were yes, talking about yes. As we pour the Word into oh, us, man. He takes these things. It makes me think of like, we all play football in here. Mm -hmm. And in football, and you have a, a playbook. Yes. And you, you memorize yes. those plays. You memorize right. those plays. And in the midst of a game, the coach Come literally on. would say, yep. uh, 23 power. Everybody knows what twenty three. The devil is. is about to blitz you, and yeah, you need and he, to do this. And he knows. Yes. He knows the best play. A good coach knows. Yep. We run this here. It's going to bring victory. It's going to. And it's like the Holy Spirit is continually taking these things that have been hidden in so our heart, good. if we've hidden them in our heart, right? And is like you don't even know it, mm -hmm. but that that you that you read, I'm going to bring that to you. This is the play for right now. Yeah. This is the, you know, <laughs> I just, so just had that. this amazing analogy come to my mind. A lot of times the Holy Spirit's looking around in our heart. Let's say our heart is a closet inside yeah. of us. 
and he's trying to find the word that's implanted in there and he's just sees clutter. It's just like one of those closets yeah. that yeah. you open up and there's basketballs falling out and volleyballs and yeah. and there's there's old tents that we haven't used and yeah. it's just Good. full of yes. stuff. But where's the word? And so the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to have that power, but has no resource of the word in us. So good to, to get it. They the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with the Word. Yeah, because remember, this is the this the, the the personification of this is Jesus Himself. That's right. The Word yeah. became right. flesh and dwelt among us. That's right. So yeah. so so we have to understand these are not just these are this is not just biblical instruction. This is not just an educational book. Like when you're going to class and you're you're going to college, you have texts that they sure. that they give you that you study to get smart about, to understand, yeah. to gra- grasp concepts. And yes, you are doing that with the word as well. But there's a spiritual component mm-hmm. with the word. This is why the Bible says all yeah. scriptures given by inspiration. That's right. The word inspiration means breathed from the mouth That's, of God. Mm. This is a letter. So it, good. the fact that we wouldn't read this. Or study this, like the Apostle Paul told Timothy, study to show so yourself so. approved. Yeah. And when the test comes, that's, I mean, why do you, why are you studying to show yourself approved? It means there's going to be a test. Yeah. Jesus was tested himself. Right. So let's read this scripture here. Man, that was a good conversation, guys. I really appreciate your insights on that. Let's read this scripture. In all this, oh, excuse me, f- verse five, who through faith, no, wait a minute. What, what did we do? We seven, did six and seven. Six so. seven. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith or of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through, uh, though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So think about what's being said here. He's saying, greatly rejoice, even though you're dealing with the grief that comes with trials, because the, the reason that this grief is coming or this these trials are coming is to prove the genuineness of your faith and glory will be brought to God. Now, think about that. We don't understand, and, and he goes on to kind of throw the analogy in there of gold being tried in the fire. So the reason they put gold in the fire is to get the dross off, and that's all the extra yes. stuff that that is not a part of the pure gold. Mm-hmm. And so that's what makes the gold valuable. When all that stuff is taken off, right. then the I mean, pure gold is even clear. Mm. Yeah. It can be so. It can be so. Uh, you know, it's pure. It's 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 transparent. Yeah. It's integrous. It's not, yeah, it's not tainted. It's complete. Yeah. It's not shadowed or covered by mm-hmm. other things. So that's really a picture of sin being eliminated from our lives as we go through the trials and the fire and the purging. But the ultimate goal of all that is that our genuine faith will be revealed. So we have to be, we have to be in the Word and full of faith and looking at our trials not as just. Oh God, we got to go through this. It's so hard. It's so difficult. And we just went through something. Why do we have to go through something yeah. else? Instead of looking at it like that, we should say, all right, how's God going to get glory from this? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. If we had that perspective of, oh, this is, this is going to be so good to see what God is going to do in and through my life as a result of this. If that was the perspective that you face trials through, how would that, how would that change yeah. the whole situation? Yeah. I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot easier to sit on this podcast and talk about like doing that, but it is to- so hard. Very hard. So hard. I have, we have a friend right now who's going through something with his eye. Yeah. And I've literally not heard one discouraging thought from him about it. Right. Every time I talk to him, he's like, man, Speaks I face. just know it's going to be a testimony to my family. He's like, yeah. I'm in the storm right now, but I know he's going to have me walking on water soon. Like, I mean, every time I talk to him yeah. and he has every reason to be upset, uh, lost vision in his eye in a moment. And then it's been restored uh, slowly. Thank God. But just in a moment Very like that, scary. Yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, that's kind of a, a trial. I mean, and you know, it's not, and it's not the only thing that happened to him in that moment. Yeah, it was a lot of different yeah, le, le, underlying several, circumstances, several trial things sure. that happened to him. 
But I've loved I've loved watching him because they have, I mean, doubled down in their faith. It's been a testimony to me. Continued to right. serve, continued to be commit. I mean, he doesn't realize it yet. The healing is going to be a testimony. But literally, the way he's living this out is saying. already yes. a testimony. Yeah. Yes, like like you were saying, testimony to you. It to me, I'm looking at him. I'm like, man, let me approach trials in my life that way. Yes, and hopefully we do. But in in that true that. We don't realize the that the the trials that we go through are real mm-hmm. and they hurt and that I mean the, he uses the word grief. Yep, mm-hmm. that's the same word you use when someone's died. Yep. So it's like it is hard, but we, well, don't we have to realize that we're not the only ones going through that? People that's are right. watching. Yes. As we go through and it speaks like, I'm serious. I'm very inspired by him right now. I think about him a lot Yeah, because I'm like, you know, he could easily be going, you know what? I'm going to take a step down for a while. I'm not going to be as involved. I'm not, I just feel down. I feel low, Yeah, but he is holding on to the word of God. He is holding on to prayer. Uh, I'm sure he has had moments of, Oh, this is hard, Yeah, but I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, it's a situation too where the doctors have said we don't really know what's caused this. Yep. And uh, and 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 he's had some answered prayers in the process Absolutely. already. Yep. But man, th- I mean, that's a perfect example of, you know, there's a reason you're being tried. I think that's one thing that people don't understand. I think we're very shallow in a lot of ways. <laughs> no, I know I am. But when we go through trials, sometimes we don't understand. There's a reason. Yes. You know, there's a reason. And I'm not saying God brings trials. Sometimes he does. Sometimes, I mean, it's very obvious that God will test you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He will. The Bible says he will. The Bible says Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And just think, once you go through that trial, you can look back and say, man, God delivered me from that. Right. And he'll do it again. And, and, and he can do it for you. Some, some trials, yeah. yeah, some trials come that way. They come through a testing from God. Some some things are attacks of the enemy. Yeah. Some things are just life in general. Yes. And you go through it. Yeah. And you deal with it. But what what is the purpose? What's God's purpose for it? Yeah. That our faith would be proved genuine mm-hmm. and be purified through that process. Uh-huh. Not the process of the pain. Yeah. But the process of the way we handle the pain. And if it's if you come through it and the only thing you can say is that, man, I was pleasing to God through this. Wow. That's got to be enough. I can tell you right now that will, that will bring glory and praise to God. When someone looks at your life and says, wow, man, you, you still have faith. You still stand strong. You still. And, and, uh, now I want to make a caveat here. I don't believe, I believe there are instances in the Bible where God did put sickness on people. God gave them sickness. I, that's very clear. I mean, Miriam put her, I yes. mean, uh, Aaron put his hand in, in his vest came out and it had yeah. leprosy. The devil is a lot of that. Yeah, there's right. a lot of stuff in that one. Yeah. But, but I believe what we see from Jesus in the new Testament, he didn't go around putting sickness on people no. to teach them a lesson. Right. He, I mean, the Bible says he went around healing the sick, sick. And, right. But but it doesn't never say not one time he he made someone sick in order for them to learn a lesson. Yes. Not one time. And matter of fact, when the disciples said, "Who sinned, this man or his?" It's not about that. It's yeah. about the glory of God. Right. Right. Uh, it, it, the the disciples wanted to call down fire from people. Yes, they did. Let's yeah. destroy them because they're not with Put us. And Jesus said, yeah. "What is wrong with you?" Yeah. You know. So so that's not the. I don't believe that that's what God is doing right. when it comes to sickness, but I, I, I do believe God will test you. I believe there are trial moments in our life that are literally we're led to them by the Holy yeah. Spirit, not to destroy us, not to defeat us, but to build our faith, strengthen our yeah. faith, to put us to the test, mm-hmm. to be approved, to be approved, yeah. to go to that next step. So then, um, the ultimate reason for the trial is not our glory. That's right. It's God's glory. Yeah. It's good. And, you know, a lot of, th- I heard, I heard, uh, Andy Stanley's dad, Charles Stanley mm-hmm. say something one time that I just thought was so good. Said every time you face trials, you should put your life up against the backdrop of what Jesus went through for you. 
Like, so good. when you think the world is just totally against you and you think <laughs> all hell has broken loose on your life, yep. just go study what happened to Jesus yeah. on your behalf and put that as the backdrop against yeah. what you've gone through. So many and people give you perspective. Who you say that and like, it's man, that's such a cliche. Of course, you know, Jesus. But that's so true. I mean, there's a moment... When I first moved up here, I had a guy at work that was just a jerk, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, every day I wanted to fight him. I mean, he'd cuss at me, call me names, and I just had to bite my tongue. And uh, I was talking to my dad one day, and I'm like, man. And I said, I know it sounds cliche, but I wonder how Jesus must have felt when his very creation was, you know, crucifying him. Yeah. And Father, Father, forgive them. They, they know not what they do. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy's just being a jerk. You know, I'm going to yeah. pray for him and. And hope things turn around, but in light of that, this is nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Meekness. People don't understand that the word meekness. It doesn't mean weakness. It means controlled power. That's right. In other words, Jesus at any moment when they said, "Tell us who hit you," he could have told them. Yeah, he just didn't do it. Yeah, um, he could have called legions of angels, mm-hmm. put a stop to all of it. He didn't because he 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 was committed. To saving mankind. Yeah. He was committed to it. He was full on committed to it. And mm-hmm. he knew full well. The Bible says that when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, it, he felt like he was going to die. The stress yeah. was so yeah. huge that, but he was committed. The Bible says that he, when he went to pray, he knew what was about to happen. Yeah. He knew. Dang. That's why he his flesh cried so out, good. if there's any other way. Yeah. Let's do it. God, nothing. He says that nothing is impossible with you, God. If there's another way for us to do it, let's do it another way. Yes. And he said, but then he said something so important, and I wish we could learn it. We say it all the time, but we don't really know it. We don't really know it. Yeah. Not my will. That's that's another thing to sit here on a podcast and say, not my will, your will be done. But to even really understand that concept yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. And to be able to live that concept. Mm. What if God's will is something that's hard for you? Mm-hmm. Does, is it still not my will? That's right. right. God's that's will right. be done? Yeah. What if it's something that, you know, when we moved here, not to say anything bad about this place, because I totally love Canyon, Texas. I love, I love, I could not be more happy that God brought us here. That's, he's done, he's done so many good things for us in the, just bringing us here. I can't even describe but we we when we when we first thought about the adventure the excitement of leaving where we were and going out and doing something man we were thinking about you know east coast or we were thinking about you know maybe louisiana or and not just because i I make fun of it and say you know there's beaches there and stuff like that I, i make i make fun of that but not really because of that but just because we saw you know moving far away from our families and we were ready for the adventure we were ready for you know like taking the step going and then god says i'm just going to move you four hours over here to a place you've never heard of literally i I never even heard of canyon texas that's funny but when we first came here i'm going to tell you it was hard it was the culture was much different this is not an easy place to live necessarily physically because of the debt kind of the desert and not and definitely not what we've been used to right so there were times when we first came that I was like, man, did I really hear? Isn't it funny that we equate something being hard with not hearing God? God? Yeah. Like, because it's hard, it must not have been God. But most things God asks you to do, there is a point <laughs> where it's hard. Oh, yeah. my God. Because, and there's a reason. Because it's proving the authenticity of your faith. Yeah. Talk, tell, tell. Y'all tell me what you think about it. I'm, I'm getting so excited about it, but it's real. It's real to me. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of it like just, a, you know, asking how do we, how do we change that, what we feel like maybe the church culture has kind of come into. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think often we, I was, we go through things, and I do believe that, I mean, this isn't a knock on someone that handles difficulty not very well. Yeah. But I think we're just going to be truthful. I know I was yeah. thinking the same thing. People that are mature in Christ yeah. handle trials and things differently. Yes, yes they do. Yes, the same. And yeah. so often I think we think, 
Well, when we do that, it is a witness to those that don't know Christ, which I, I believe it can be. Yes. But I, I was thinking, really, if we're talking about really changing culture of who we are as Christians, then it comes through disciple, discipling, yes. discipleship, so that when, because there are a lot of people that are Christians that don't yet yeah. handle those things well, right. or don't know how to handle those things well. So if we're diligent to to disciple one another and even sharpen one another yeah then we can start seeing the 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 layers change so instead of me just handling and i think of this because uh, god dealt with me on that like i remember I, i wish that i would have been more mature in christ when i dealt with issues earlier on because we dealt with them pretty well and then people that would ask me how I do that, and I'm like, hey, that's how I'm built. And yeah. God dealt with me. I'm like, no, you're only built like that because of me. Right. And so I think of like even the influence of our family that are Christians yes. that may not handle that well. Right. We can say, listen, it's just because of Jesus. This and because right. I'm walking with Him, He gives me peace. Right. And then that catches them, and then yeah. that catches that's good. Their, and so right. we're changing. One or two people right. at a time. Right. I mean, the disciples themselves, right? The reasons, the reason they came to a place, obviously the Holy Spirit came upon them, but they had seen Jesus. Yeah. They had, I mean, when he asked them, well, there's 5,000 people. They're yeah. like, well, what do you want us to do? We can't go buy food. <laughs> yeah, they were and, freaking and then, out. And then they he's like, he's like, let me show you what to do. Yes. Yeah. Well, what happened? They were changed, right? Right. right. So when they approach things later, I, you can't tell me that because again the Holy Spirit empowers us, but re, causes us to remember yeah. who Jesus That's is. Good. And so if we'll just be diligent with our first offer, we passing that to our family. Yeah. Are we passing that to our our greatest ministry, our spouse, and our and our and our children? Mm-hmm. And then and the beginning that culture, right. the culture shift to go all, all the way down. But it's like we've one seen that so clearly throughout the last year and a half. Uh, it's been interesting to watch uh, and even experience in our own lives some very mature responses and some very immature responses. Which we all can have. It's not a yeah, exactly. above that or anything. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. And, but, but there is a difference between people who are mature in their faith, who are growing in the Lord, who are consistently developing themselves as Christians, there's a huge difference in the way they respond to difficult circumstances than people who are immature. And that's true spiritually and it's true in life, you know? Um, But we've seen that we've seen people who we've seen Christians that have basically just given up their faith. Like they have no interest in church anymore. Yeah. They have no interest in, you know, following Christ anymore. They're just going about their lives. We've seen, other and I'm not talking about people who go in church online or anything like that. I'm just talking about p- people I know, friends of mine, yeah, that have just kind of thrown their hands in the air and said, "Do I really need it? You know, I still believe in Jesus. I still, I still want Jesus. I still want to go to heaven. I still want Jesus in my life. But I, I'm not. I, I don't need to get in the Bible. I don't need, that. They responded to this difficulty by just taking the path of least resistance. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, it makes yeah. me think of. I mean, it makes me think of Paul. I mean, it's like God didn't. Uh, you know, keep that shipwreck from happening. Yeah, right, right. He didn't keep him from being in jail. Yeah, he even he told him it was going to happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> he didn't keep him from being yeah. beat on his behalf. Yeah, and not that God causes those things, but He uses all of those things. Lord, yeah. And I think now in the the culture I grew up in, I grew up in a small town. So I mean, if you did something wrong, you were told immediately. It was tough. We were raised rough. And uh, right in a lot of ways, but I think we're so insulated now at the very moment of any type of discomfort with Christianity. It's like, I'm checking out. We don't even give it long enough to take. We we get saved, and if it doesn't work immediately, I'm not coming back to church. I heard one TV preacher uh, say something wrong, so I don't even believe in God anymore. You know, all these things. We have literally literally come to that place where if it's bad or hard or difficult or uncomfortable, it's not See, the will man. of God. Yeah. Right. Right. So, <laughs> I mean that, and, and it's kind of like what I was talking yeah. about this weekend in terms of marriage. Yes. It's like, 
the word, the Bible, commitment, love doesn't say I'm looking for a way out. It says I'm looking for a way to work it out. That's yeah. so good. And I and I think, man, we've got to get back to that as Christians yeah, and believers. Be victorious. Fight the good fight of faith. Paul said, fight for it. He said, you know, run the race. So you tell me he said faith is a fight. Yes. Finish, <laughs> finish the race. Run to the end. And 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 keep the faith. Don't give yeah. up. Don't give up. And I think I think um, we have to. You know, I've seen people, other people who acted really immaturely about the whole thing. You know, railing against this and railing against that, and and uh, like seeing their Christianity through the filter. You know, when we don't study the word and we don't get deeply That's into right. the word, then we will replace the word with other things. Yep. No doubt. And so we start seeing our life through the filter of other philosophies, other ideologies. And we're saying things that like, what are you even talking about? Fight, no. Fighting for things that don't, don't matter. matter. Right. Yeah. right. Especially don't matter in terms of kingdom purpose. No. And so we waste time something and you, we're distracted by something you that. said, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, it was maybe a month into it. You were like everyone, I feel like it was the Holy spirit speaking through. It's like, everyone needs to stop and realize that your kids are watching how you responded to this, and they're not yeah. going to forget. Yes. Yeah, and I think it—I think it was the Holy Spirit crying out through you that there are a lot of parents that acted crazy. Yeah, no, and they acted I nuts. can remember, uh, and their kids responded watching, in a negative way. Watching yeah. them, and uh, man, I mean, it's a hard time to parent through. Oh, uh, it is, but but it's no excuse, right? It's no excuse, right? Well, I think we've, I think we've fully talked that out, and. Uh, I just, I just want people to understand that life is filled with difficulties. Life is filled with hardships. Life is filled with temptation. This is why prayer is absolutely uh, so important. Mm -hmm. And this is why studying the Word of God is so important. Paul did not tell Timothy to read the Word. He told him to study the Word. There's a difference. And we need to dig into the Word of God. And we need to stop giving in to the world's, is the word true? Is the word valid? Look, put it up against any work in the world, in the history of the world, and see which one comes out yeah. ahead. Yeah. They've tried to destroy this book so many times, yeah. and you can't get it done. That's right. It's been proven valid over and over again. 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New, all correlating to point to the Messiah. It is absolutely proven to be the word of God. Stop fighting with that. Dig into it. So and good. don't dig into it to be cynical about it. Dig into it to find the truths in it and the inspiration of it and ask the power of the Holy Spirit to be on your life and ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind and to revive your mind and to help your heart to be pliable and 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 not cold and hard towards God, yeah. but warm and open towards God and let him reveal himself to you so on a day. And then, and then you won't have to wonder, why am I being defeated by circumstances? And why am I de being defeated by sin? And why am I being defeated by, by rejection? Well, you don't have to wonder that anymore because that'll stop yeah. in your life. Because even though you'll go through hard times and difficult circumstances, like everybody does, you'll realize this is, this is proving my faith. So good. And it's strengthening my faith and ultimately will give glory. To God, and mm -hmm. that's what this is all about. And that's what Peter was telling us. I, 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 you said something a while ago, and, and just talking about the word. I want to close with this. I was reading in First John. You know, we just went through the series of look at love, and most of the content from that series came out of First John. And I just get so excited every time I read it because it's John. Most most theologians believe it was John the apostle, John the beloved, mm -hmm. that wrote the the Gospel of John and leaned on Jesus, and he was the one who yep. Jesus gave his mother to. All of that. That same John, who we believe wrote Revelation on the Isle of Patmos, also wrote the epistles of John one, two, and three. And so he says in the beginning, he said, "Hey, basically, I'm going to paraphrase, but he said basically, he said this. He said, "Hey." I'm about to tell you some stuff that we saw with our own eyes, that we heard <laughs> yes. with our own ears, yeah. that we experienced with mm -hmm. our own lives. And when I read that, here's what I realize. Okay, he's writing this to the church 2,000 years ago, but it's him 
writing it and I'm reading it and he's saying, Hey, I'm not telling you about something I heard about from yeah. someone else. I'm, I'm writing this to you. Yes. I saw this. Well, that guy is saying to me, I saw Jesus yeah. do this. Awesome. I saw Jesus, the son of God. I yeah. touched him. I walked with him. I saw yeah. him. I experienced all the experience. And I just read that the other day and I thought to myself, that is so unbelievable that we're getting a first hand account. Yeah. And then he starts talking about love and describing what love really looks like. What love really is. He's given us a first hand account of the love of Jesus that he witnessed himself that's a beautiful thing. with his own eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. So this is so important. We couldn't even begin to say how important it is. So let's not just listen to our pastors preach. Let's not just go to Sunday school. The whole reason we're doing School of the Bible is, is not because of just the content that they're going to get, although it's going to be really good. It's because we want to stir up a passion in people to study the word yep. because it's going to change their life. So good. That's what gets where we're going. All right, guys. Thanks for the Bible study. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Make sure you're getting into it with us and send us any comments that you might have. God bless you.